0: The 630Chad Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630Chad. Coming up this afternoon, we're going to talk about the real estate market. Now, normally we'd do that sort of at the beginning of the month when you get some of the numbers in from the past month, that kind of thing. But I, I was just sitting around and I was wondering... Who is actually buying a home in this economic climate? between, Between the downturn and the pandemic, so many people who are out of a job entirely or perhaps are on a job hiatus. Is the market thriving? Is it surviving? Is it not surviving? I was actually kind of surprised to hear that in general, it's actually doing pretty well. So have you bought or sold a home in the last year? I'd be interested to hear uh, your experience. And then there's also the COVID protocols. How does how does that complicate things when you're trying to either sell a home, show a home or actually go and take a look at a home. So all of that coming up later today on 630 Ched afternoons. But we're going to start today with ensuring that firefighters in Edmonton get help when they need it so edmonton fire rescue services has partnered up with wounded warriors canada and the intent is to ensure that their frontline workers have access to as many mental health resources as possible wounded warriors of course uh, started out as a way to help members of the armed forces deal with mental health issues from ptsd and beyond Clearly, they've established programs and expertise in this area and they're broadening their work and bringing in more underneath that umbrella. So Scott Maxwell is Executive Director of Wounded Warriors Canada. He's joining me live near on 6.30 Chad Afternoon. Scott,
1: great to have you. How's your Friday going? Happy Friday. It's going great. I just wanted to acknowledge that I also bought a home through this COVID uh, year and it was quite an interesting scenario to say the least. So just, just looking the, forward
0: to that part of your chat. Okay, yeah, Just the logistics of doing so?
1: Yeah, the logistics of doing so, the the market, uh, certainly in Canada and where I live in the greater Toronto area, was way more heated and intense than I ever thought imaginable given the situation we're in. But I got through it, It, it yeah, but you're bang on with all the surprises that home homeowners or prospective homeowners are going to face getting into this. Yeah, yeah. and
0: we will get into that a little later on in the program. We have you on to talk about this partnership between Wounded Warriors Canada and Edmonton Fire Rescue Services, uh, and and we'll get into some of the details of it, but Mm -hmm. I think most people are pretty familiar now with Wounded Warriors and the kind of work you do, but just give us a little bit of background. When did this really get rolling, uh, Wounded Warriors as an organization?
1: It was in 2013, coming out of uh, uh, our time in Afghanistan as a country, uh, responding to the new emerging operational stress injury, mental health needs uh, that were certainly... Became a reckoning for the country as a result of we, the fact we were losing more uh, veterans who served in Afghanistan to suicide than we d- did the, those who ser- then those who were killed in action, and just responding to this new and emerging need of mental health, really uh, operational stress injuries, post traumatic stress disorder. So, Wood Wars Canada w- was created in 2013 here in the country to respond to that need to help where we can, and then. From there, it was simply just uh, develop and deliver programs and gaps that we could assess and identify and find in the community. And mm-hmm. we shifted to include first responders in 2016, which, of course, brings us to what we're talking about today. But it's been an evolution, and you learn and you live by the members and their families, what they're what they're saying their needs are and and where the gaps are and you're just trying to fill them that's yeah. that's what as what NGOs are supposed to do and that's exactly what we do at Wooden Warriors Canada
0: and I just missed the year as you were going through there so when did you start expanding because you obviously had to sort of build this from the ground up clearly there'd be lots of different partner agencies and people you would work that's with right. but you really had to build it from the ground up so how long did that take before you started going you know what we can help other areas other yeah. organizations
1: yeah, 3 about about 3 years okay. of actually developing and delivering programs first for veterans and then veterans and their family members and then you know we had by the time we started to hear from first responders directly we had at least had a number of years under our belts and some experience and uh, effectiveness and efficacy of what we were doing that was working for veterans and their families that we thought that we, we felt we were going to be able to eventually expand to include first responders at the effects of trauma or the effects of trauma downstream and there, there was going to be a time but then with all these legislation changes presumptive legislation more awareness frankly just generally on the fact that uh, what our first responders deal with every day in every community in Canada and the fact that trauma is trauma where was there was going to be a time and in 2016 we expanded wood warriors canada officially okay. to include first responders and their families under our purview and and from there it's just been as you were saying partnership development working directly with the services and associations and ultimately the members themselves to try to get our services in front of them as fast as we can
0: so how did this uh, this partnership with edmonton fire rescue come to be
1: yeah, so we we started to uh, to create these partnership agreements uh, about two years ago with the intention to say, and that's and we've been working on and off with Edmonton Fire Rescue Service and really got into these conversations within the last year uh, to, to, uh, to understanding that unlike the Canadian Forces, where there is there are two national entities, so the Canadian Forces obviously, Veterans Canada, you have a lot more ability to work with a lot less people to get a lot more done coast to coast, but. When it comes to the first responder population, yes, there's obviously similar needs, but they're a lot more fragmented, a lot more siloed, community by community, service by service. Our fear was how are we going to get our programming information in front of the members that need it um, within this unique kind of organizational structures that, you know, municipal, regional, provincial, and national entities. It just seemed like it was going to be daunting. So the partnership agreements are simply... Organizations like Edmonton Fire committing to work directly with Wounded Warriors Canada and vice versa uh, to share information and resources to make sure that their people um, are aware of uh, of what they're of what you know how to reach us directly yeah. and quickly. Similarly, for us to send our program information directly to them when available quickly and then through you know one stream of communication. And it's all about breaking down barriers to accessing and navigating yeah. mental health care built for them. So did they come
0: to you, or do you go to them, or you just happen to run into each other in a Zoom room? How did that How did that work out?
1: No, no. So no. Of course, we have it. one of our ambassadors for World Warriors Canada in Edmonton. Is an Edmonton Fire Rescue Service member uh, working with him. He's done a lot of fundraising, a lot of awareness. He, of course, brought this up, and I brought it to him. Uh, talked about it for a long time. Started talking to the organizational leadership, peer support, wellness teams, and just said, "Look, you know, this is this this just makes sense. There is no downside to this. Yeah. It was very critical after the new chief arrived here to to the service that uh who came from calgary where we have a similar partnership agreement in place with calgary fire that it was just a no-brainer to get it done uh the time was right you know the relationship was strong and let's just move forward so the, the the thing to note is that members can any member Any first responder in Canada can apply directly and access our service. There's no priority or preferential treatment.
0: No, you don't have to have the partnership in place. If if they need help, they can can, can still reach out to you.
1: That's right. But there's no coincidence that we're seeing greater utilization of our services from the organizations that we work close and directly with because they have the ability to get our programming information out to their people um, better than we do. Obviously, we don't know their members. We don't work directly inside the organization. Of course
0: been chatting with scott maxwell executive director of wounded warriors canada talking about this partnership that they've uh, created with the edmonton fire rescue uh and and just uh, being able to help out frontline workers who who need some mental health supports and scott when we we went into the break i was i was curious about what kind of situations you you might be involved in and what kind of trauma that some of these frontline workers uh, can face it it would seem fairly obvious i guess in some ways that you can see some pretty horrific stuff when you're on the job and we probably talking firefighters and paramedics because they can be very much uh, intertwined often
1: yeah fire police correctional services um paramedic services you know the the public safety personnel of this country uh, we support i mean it's it can be it's hard to say it's one there is no one scenario or situation for all but Obviously, we're confront- members are confronted with prolonged exposure uh, to these kinds of situations over time. We use the old glass analogy. Everyone's kind of made up of one, and it takes uh, however long it takes the glass can fill up, and and then support is required. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's no shame in that. There's you know these are honorable injuries like anything that you know you would think of physically. It's just a matter of getting the right help at the right time for these people and I think what I mean by the right help is culturally appropriate care for the unique needs of uniformed service members and their families That that's that's our specialty at Wounded Warriors Canada and that's why it's so effective.
0: Uh, when you say culturally appropriate uh, care
1: explain what that means. Well yeah just like uh, one of the problems that has been Facing this community of uniformed service veterans, first responders, and their families is being treated by uh, by psychologists, by clinicians that don't uh, that deal, let's say, mainly with the civilian population that don't understand. There's nothing wrong with what they're trying to do. It's just they don't understand. The unique needs of what it's like to wear a uniform the operational service culture the environment uh, the stressors the pressures and uh, the exposure so you want to make sure in our successes make is our programs are tailor-made custom-built to with the understanding of these stressors these realities and these risk factors and and we hear it all the time from the lived experience of the participants, saying you know you this this program it was built for me for us and it's very effective and you know obviously our clinicians those that are on the front line our psychologists that uh, are, develop programs for us and ultimately deliver them uh, they have spent a lot of time learning and understanding how to respond to the mental health needs of our frontline Men and women informed service and we're seeing the transformational effects uh, every every day. And,
0: and, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, say, if you're at a fire and somebody has died, that would be a traumatic moment. And, and you, you see that and you sort of live with that. And, and, and it, it would be a horrific thing to have to go through an experience as a frontline worker, clearly for the families. It's it's a it's it's a tragedy, yeah. but you're still dealing with that on a So is, is that primarily, but you were also talking about some of the other pressures and that kind of thing. So to me, that kind of uh, trauma would be obvious. What are some of the issues that, uh, that some frontline workers are facing that maybe aren't as obvious to those of us who are not not within that world
1: yeah uh, well I mean it's just uh, there's a million different things that, uh, that uniformed service would face just doing their job daily within the community but the other part of what we're trying to do which is what this partnership with Edmonton Fire Rescue Service does is you know making sure that there's positive social responses positive you know re- stigma reduction within their workplace within their you know their relationships at work with their colleagues and transforming that whole narrative around it's okay to not be okay it's okay to put your hand up and take a knee and ask for help so it's not just the it's not just the um, effects of dealing with what they deal with as part of their Daily duties and responsibilities, but also how they're responded to when they reach out for help within the organizations. Which, of course, can lead people if that's not done right, if that response is not properly supported, it can actually lead to further injury amongst um, frontline personnel. So it's there's a combination of two things. It's not just one incident. It's not just one scenario. Sure. There can be many built up over the time. But I we think it's equally important that the organizations are trained and 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 and. Informed, how to properly respond and support their members in their time of need and that's that's really where we're coming into these organizations to give them a hand mm-hmm. at doing that by offering up an additional layer of mental health support through the programs that we have uh, for their people
0: we got a message in uh, a text message in from uh, from John who says he's been a paramedic a firefighter a police officer specialized care absolutely needed for the first responder and their family and that's also that's exceptionally important that the family is part and parcel of of all this?
1: 100%. The old, the historic way we've done this in Canada is look at uh, how we treat people up and to the individual member themselves. Of course, we realize that mental health injuries our family-based injuries are yep. we we support we don't only treat individuals we treat individual frontline members we treat um, them and their spouses partners as well through couples-based residential therapy yep. we have spousal resiliency programs um we have programs for surviving spouses who have lost a member in the line of duty or deaths by suicide we have a warrior kids division built by uh, top two top great phenomenal clinicians right in Edmonton that are running that program for us nationally so we have a it's, we call the spectrum of care because the complexities of these injuries are uh, are what they are and to his point he's 100 percent correct you're not going to be doing this right unless you make and treat this as family-based injuries.
0: This uh, partnership with Edmonton Fire Rescue, does it have a sort of an end date? Is it a certain contract? How long does this go on? No, for?
1: I mean, we're hoping what, we're hoping it, it lasts in perpetuity. There's no end state to it. We consider this announcement as day one of a long-term working relationship. We know there's always going to be a need. There's always going to be things that we're going to need to do together. There's always going to be the, this is this is a, an okay a reality of recognizing what they do and making sure they're properly supported uh, from top to bottom. So there's no end state in this. It's just making sure we continue to evolve and do and do better uh, with mental health for for those that serve the community of Edmonton.
0: Nothing comes free. So th- this has to be uh, some kind of a, a contract or a, or a paid uh, interaction.
1: No, well, one of the blessings of our of what we do, and we have the support of canadians nationally who contribute to uh, our our organization that allow us to run these programs for the for those uh, veterans and first responders nationally so right off the top i mean obviously like i said we're supporting these members anyways what we're looking to do through the partnership specifically is make sure that they the organizational leaders the peer support the wellness teams get our information that what's available as i guess navigators in many respects out to their people their members um when when the program availabilities are there so those ultimately in need um don't have to struggle to find out how to get the help they deserve that's built for them so that's the main way in which the partnership agreements work obviously edmonton fire it does a lot of fundraising their firefighters mm-hmm. their families do a ton of that heavy lifting for us we're coming back to say we want to bring that back into the organization but we're going to need their help at the top to bottom and that's exactly what they've committed to do with us and and obviously we've committed to do with them
0: and there's buy-in too like just just before we go it it seems like more are buying in and saying yes i need help yes i need uh, assistance and and it seems to be a lot more inclusive or, or acceptable
1: Well, for sure. I mean, stigma reduction, just reducing uh, barriers to accessing care, there's a lot of phases to that and aspects to that. But one one obvious one is, look, if your organization that you work for is not providing you with options and opportunities outside of whatever they have available to uh, internally. Yep. like Maybe members might not trust what's out there. They might not know where to go. It, it is incumbent upon an organization and organizational leaders to provide fulsome amount of, uh, every, frankly, every uh, available aspect and resource that's available to help them. And that's really what they've taken on here yep. to do, give back in to their people and, and work with Wounded Waters Canada. So it's, it's a win-win. There's no downside to this at all.
0: Excellent. Scott Maxwell, Executive director of wounded warriors canada thanks so much for your time appreciate
1: it thanks for having me on. all right canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime history and the paranormal since 2017 the award-winning dark poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond delivering chilling tales from a uniquely canadian perspective